coming up on the Mission Readiness Podcast. No matter who we're talking with, whether it's the Speaker of the House or some brand new legislator, that the stat that 71% of our young people are not able to, to join the military just grabs their attention right away. Mission Readiness is the organization of retired admirals and generals working to prepare America's youth for success. Join us as we talk with respected leaders about the challenges facing our next generation. And now, Mission Readiness National Director, Ben Goodman. Well, welcome to the Mission Readiness Podcast. I'm Ben Goodman, National Director. With me this week is Megan Adamczewski, our Deputy Director. Megan, how's it going? Good. I had a great conversation this week. I'm excited to tell you about it. Who's who's on? So we had our Illinois State Director for Council for a Strong America, Tim Carpenter, and then our Colorado State Director, Michael Cook, and they joined the podcast to tell us a little bit more about the really cool work that they're doing in the States this year and a little bit about their own careers and how they ended up at CSA. That's awesome. And and for our listeners, of course, Council for a Strong America, our umbrella organization over uh, mission readiness and our sibling organizations like Fight Crime, Invest in Kids and, and Ready Nation, we have nine state offices around the country, and we're excited to profile some of our colleagues and, and the work that they're doing with our members uh, in those places. So, uh, Megan, I'm looking forward to hearing your conversation. Yep, Michael and Tim will be our first episode, but keep keep subscribing to the podcast because we'll be having all of our state directors on in the next few months, and you can hear more about the work that they're doing in all of our offices across the country. Awesome. Let's listen to Michael and Tim. All right. Well, welcome everybody to the Mission Readiness Podcast. This is Megan from the Mission Readiness team and for General Gross. I'm excited today to be joined by two of my colleagues from Council for a Strong America who are doing really important work in the States and are going to talk a little bit more about that. So today we're joined by Michael Cook, who is our Colorado State Director, and Tim Carpenter, who is our Illinois State Director. Thank you both so much for joining us today. And to get us started off, I'd just love if you could tell our listeners a little bit more about you and about the work that you do for CSA, starting with you, Michael. Sure, Megan, thanks. As you said, I'm the state director for the Colorado office, and I've been with the organization for just over four years now, having opened the Colorado office in early 2017. I'm a fourth generation Colorado native, which in Colorado is considered somewhat rare. And I have a long career in public policy work that includes being elected to two terms as a county commissioner here in the state, as well as serving two terms in the cabinet of a former governor. I've also worked in public education and with a number of nonprofit organizations before joining Council for a Strong America. I have 11 grandchildren, so all things children are important to me, and it makes this work a perfect fit. And what about you, Tim? Uh, yeah, I'm the Illinois director. My my tenure at CSA actually predates mission readiness. So I started almost 23 years ago at, at, at well, well, then we were just fight crime investing kids. So um, I still think of mission readiness as the new kid on the block, even though, you know, they've been around quite a while now. And it's been exciting to to, to add the voices of retired uh, military leaders to our work in Illinois 
Um, and I've been thoroughly impressed with our members here and, and, and excited to be able to work with them. So in terms of what brings me to the work, I mean, I've, I've done policy advocacy work uh, in Chicago and Illinois you know, throughout my career. I moved here in the early uh, 80s from, uh, from Michigan originally is where I'm from. And, you know, I started here 23 years ago and we were just a fledgling organization then. And it's been exciting to see see us uh, be able to have such an impact in Illinois and around the country. A few months ago, we had the Mission Readiness National Staff on the podcast to talk a little bit more about what each of us does and how our overall, how our work fits in. So we would love it if you both could talk a little bit more about how our state offices operate and how that's a little bit different than our national office, starting with you, Tim, talking about how the Illinois office works. Well, we, we work with uh, you know, Council for Strong America uh, in Illinois it includes our business leader members with Ready Nation, um, our law enforcement leaders with Fight Crime, and of course our our military leaders with Mission Readiness. And our, we work on very similar issues that we do on the federal level. Um, I think some of the differences at our state level is that we get to work a lot closer with our members. We get to know them and, and actually see them in person, you know, in normal times, probably more than the national staff. So it's nice to, to be able to have those kind of relationships with members. And I think working on state policy, we're, we also develop, I think, much closer relationships with our state policy leaders. So it's not, it's, we have a lot more access to state legislators, uh, senators and reps, and even uh, members of the governor's staff, I think, than, than we do at the national level. And it allows us to sort of build relationships with those folks over time and get to them very early when they are uh, new legislators, which as we know, there's a lot of turnover. Um, and so I think those are some of the main differences. It's just a little more direct interaction with members and with policymakers. And Michael, can you talk a little bit about what it looks like in Colorado? Sure. And I agree with Tim. Uh, having that direct interaction with our members is so important. And, and I've really enjoyed getting to know our members over the four years that I've been in the Colorado office. But our focus with our mission readiness members in Colorado is of course largely on state policy initiatives as well as informing policy through our research reports. Our members have advocated for physical activity in schools, efforts to address childhood obesity. We worked hard to guarantee free school lunch at all grade levels in Colorado for students who are eligible for reduced price lunches, but could not afford that copay. We've improved access to childcare with our members' voices. We were successful in seeing legislation that implemented full day kindergarten in the state and a recent effort to bring us toward universal pre-K. So our members have been very successful in elevating their voices on these issues and many others in Colorado. And for our listeners, we'll make sure that we link some of the more recent reports in both states in the show notes so that you can take a look at what uh, both Tim and Michael are talking about. So diving a little bit further into the work that you're doing right now in the states, Tim, I wanted to ask you a question. So a mission readiness member, Brigadier General Stephen Curta, 
recently testified before the Illinois Commission on Equitable Early Childhood Education and Care Funding to discuss child care and early education. Could you talk about the kind of preparation that goes into a meeting like that and what results you're hoping for when you do these kind of engagements? Sure, love to. Thank you, Megan. Um, General, we worked with General Curtin. Well, first of all, the, the Governor's Commission on Equitable Early Childhood Education and Care Funding has been meeting, they've, they've finished their final report, but they've met over the course of 13 months. And we, uh, to develop a really a roadmap for how we want our birth to five system to look like in Illinois, to make sure it's fully equitable and meeting the needs of, of children and families. Uh, and it was, we were very excited with the outcome of this and are looking forward to partnering with the governor and state legislature to move it forward. But during the process of the commission, they would have monthly, pretty much monthly meetings, and each of those meetings included public comment. And we worked with our allies who were uh, trying to influence the outcome of the commission on making sure that we had prominent people offering public comments at each meeting. And so one of those meetings, we, we worked with General Curta to offer public comment. Uh, you know, all, again, it was virtual because it's the pandemic world. Uh, but we we worked with General Curta on drafting some comments, and he had some feedback, and you know edited those. We made sure that the governor's office knew that he was going to be presenting those comments, and then they were shared with all of the commissioners, and then ended up also on the website uh, that was developed around the commission's work. And so, you know, we're excited that it was. It, and and we we heard from a number of commissioners that. They were very interested in what General Curta had to say, and actually, one of the, one of the legis one of the legislators who was on the commission actually reached out and asked for a meeting with us, someone who we worked with a lot, and so we set that up and and met with that commissioner just uh, just about six weeks ago. So it's been, you know, I, it's this kind of work that we do a lot with our members, where we try to elevate their voices in a lot of different venues. And this was a pretty significant one, and, and we're excited to see how that's going to unfold in the in the coming months. The governor just offered uh, had a press conference to announce and thank the commissioners for their work, uh, and then we'll it's going to sort of move forward now and in a lot of lot of ways over the next few years. It has a pretty big price tag, but we're hoping that we can get there over the next six to eight years. And Michael, just last week, we had one of your members, um, General Gene Renuar, on the podcast, and he's been a Mission Readiness Colorado member for a long time and talked a little bit about how he's done meetings with both state legislators and federal legislators. You do a lot of those in Colorado, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about how valuable it is to have constituents in those meetings with lawmakers to really talk about these issues and make them understand what the local impact is. You know, that's extremely valuable, and we have had a couple great opportunities to bring our members, our mission readiness members, together with, with their own elected policymakers. And it, and it works well for both. It, it is important for the policymaker to see these leaders as their constituents and to hear what they have to say. But it's also great for our members to have an opportunity to have those one-on-ones with the policymakers and establish a relationship that they can go back and further develop. 
But, you know, in addition, we had a very important piece of legislation that was intended to reduce the regulatory burdens that our family child care home providers face in Colorado. And this was heard in a House committee just last month. We submitted a sign-on letter from 11 members of our mission readiness group here in Colorado to the legislative members of that committee. And yes, there were constituents of those policymakers on that letter. After an extremely long hearing, several hours of testimony, both pro and con, the sponsor of the bill in his closing remarks cited that letter and only that letter as he urged his fellow lawmakers to support the bill. And the bill passed unanimously out of committee and eventually unanimously out of the House. And while we're still working the Senate side, I believe that our members played a big role in the votes in the House and they will continue to play that role as this bill moves through the Senate. That's such a cool story to know that you that the members had that direct impact. That's very, very cool. And we'll link that letter as well in the show notes. And Megan, I could just add a little yeah. comment on top of that. So, you know, our 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 mission readiness members, you know, to a person are very impressive and you know carry a lot of gravitas in these meetings. But the one thing that the one takeaway I have is that no matter who we're talking with, whether it's the speaker of the house or some brand new legislator, that the stat that 71% of our young people are not able to to join the military just grabs their attention right away and really sets the stage for them to really pay attention to all of the different recommendations we're making to make to improve that statistics. Absolutely. All right, now shifting to two questions that we asked all of our podcast guests, and Tim will go to you first with the first one. What is one habit that you've developed during the pandemic can be personal or professional that you'd really like to keep up once it's over? I think for me, um, I've taken to having a daily walk, which was something I really never did before the pandemic. You know, sometimes it's first thing in the morning, but most of the time it's in the afternoon, you know, at least an hour long walk. And I'm pretty sure that's going to continue. I really enjoyed that either. You know, it's and it's either with my wife or, you know, out to listen to a podcast and just sort of be compressed. So. And what podcast are you listening to? You know, I listen to a lot of sports podcasts. Mark Marin is another another good one. So those are the two most popular, but there's a lot of other smaller ones too. And Michael, what about you? What's one habit you've developed? Well, I'll tell you, there are habits I've developed that I will not um, <laughs> continue to employ once we go back to the office, beginning with my dress code. But the most obvious really for me that we will continue to use is this virtual meeting platform the, the various systems, Zoom in this case, that we have used for over a year now. And it's actually proven to be a really valuable tool for us and a way to connect our members with policymakers. We hosted a member meeting and had a key and very influential policymaker on that meeting with a number of our members, that would not have easily happened without this virtual platform because most of our members 
live in a community that's a fair distance from the capital. And it's not easy for them to travel into Denver for a purpose like that. So I think that's something we're definitely going to continue as we move out of this pandemic. And then last question, starting with you, Tim, what books are you reading right now? Uh, I'm reading, I just finished reading uh, a book called Devil in the Grove, Thurgood Marshall, The Groveland Boys, and the Dawn of a New America. So it's about uh, Thurgood Marshall's work as the head of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund around a case in 1949. So kind of at the dawn of when, you know, the civil rights era really started. And it just goes into all of this history about what the NAACP was doing in the South to try to defend these impossible cases uh, with people wrongfully accused of all kinds of crimes and how they were taking their own lives into their own hands. So this case in particular was uh, from Florida and these these boys essentially were accused of, of a murder that they didn't do. And you know there were several points where, where Thurgood Marshall and some of the other lawyers were, were almost killed themselves uh, just to, for doing this defense. And, you know, it's a piece of American history that, you know, I knew a little bit about, but not anywhere near this level of detail. And uh, it's a fascinating book. And then I also finished The Splendid and the Vile, which is uh, Eric Larson's latest book about Churchill and the Blitz and Beartown, uh, which I guess is now a TV show, but I haven't seen that, about a small village in Sweden and youth hockey. So. And what about you, Michael? Well, I've got to say that I've read more in this last year than in the several preceding years combined. But I'm currently reading an amazing book written by a former newspaper reporter and friend here in Colorado, Marco Masic. And the book is called The Storm on Our Shores. You may know of Mark from his book, The Big Year, which was made into a movie with Steve Martin, Jack Black, and Owen Wilson a couple of years ago. And during his research for The Big Year, he learned of an uninhabited island in the Aleutians known for a rare species of bird. But as he dug into that a bit more, he discovered that this island was also the site of the Battle of Attu, or the Forgotten War, as it is called by World War II vets. The book is the story of two World War II soldiers, a Japanese surgeon and an American sergeant, both of whom fought in the Battle of Attu. And it's fascinating. It's a book I would strongly recommend, and much like the book that Tim spoke of, it's a huge and really little known piece of our history. Well, thank you both for joining the podcast today. It was great to learn a little bit more about the work that you've been doing this year. If anyone listening would like to learn more about what our Colorado and Illinois offices are doing, you can find out more on their state pages at strongnation.org. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. Really great conversations, Megan. You know, it, it, it's astounding to me how much experience both Tim and Michael bring to their jobs into the advocacy work we're trying to do. 
Yeah, I'm really glad that we're going to have the opportunity to share this with our listeners because we talk a lot about what we do here in the national office, but really there's some incredible work happening in the states and our state staff like Michael and Tim have done so much to connect with their legislators during the current sessions and just just glad that we can share that with more people. Just think, Tim has been at the organization, like you mentioned, since 1998, before Mission Readiness, and Fight Crime Invest in Kids turns 25 this year. Tim's been here for almost every minute of it. Yeah, we're really lucky to have Tim on staff with all that institutional knowledge. And Michael, too, she hasn't been with the organization as long, but she has done so much work to establish relationships in the state. Absolutely. Well, so fortunate to have them on the team and looking forward to profiling more of our colleagues in the months ahead. Today's show was written and produced by Megan Adamczewski, Abby Ware, and John Connolly. For more about Mission Readiness, Council for a Strong America, or to find an archive of every episode of the Mission Readiness podcast, visit strongnation.org. A reminder to subscribe to the podcast, give us a positive review, and tell your friends about the show. The program is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, thank you for supporting Mission Readiness's work to strengthen national security by ensuring kids stay in school, in shape, and out of trouble.